to the book 30, uh, Genesis 37. That's where we were Sunday. We're going to continue in that. I may get a better name for it, but right now the name of it is uh, Behold the Dreamer, or The Dreamer Cometh. Hallelujah. Genesis 37. Don't you just love to read Genesis? Chapter 37, we're going to start in verse 3. It says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. You could say favorite right there, couldn't you? We've seen that. Because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Uh, there's a lot of things that go along with that coat, but uh, his brothers didn't get one. We'll just say that. His brothers didn't have one, and it must have been something everybody would want. Verse 4, and when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Jealousy and envy are tremendous forces. Uh, they, they cause competition and comparison, and they will undo the best plans and the most noble of, uh, of uh, ambitions. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said to them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaf stood round about, and made obeisance, or worship, to my sheaf. And his brother said, That's good. <laughs> we heard it first. <laughs> shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And then Shazam, he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. Now, we know this came to pass later uh, at the end of all this when Joseph was made prime minister of Egypt and uh, the famine came in and he fed his own family and they, they came in and had to bow down to him. He didn't ask them to, but they did because they wanted to get in the bread line. And in verse 19, it said, uh, uh, after they'd thrown him in a pit and were selling him and all sorts of stuff, it said, verse 19, and they, the brothers, said to one another, behold, this dreamer cometh. So it's a virtue or it was a good thing that the Lord gave this man a dream and set this all up so that he could bring it to pass. He was delivering his people, making a way for the Messiah. Every generation had to have a people in it that believed in order to bring a family through that would begat the Messiah. And that's the most challenging thing the Lord had is the whole Old Testament is about his strategy and his windings around unborn again men, unregenerate men to bring the Messiah. And so he had to have that and he worked with every one of them. Um, so Joseph was a favorite, but I'm here to tell you this, this evening that we're all favorites. We're all favorites. And actually, I was going to tell you this, but I thought you might be envious and jealous that uh, God loves me best, actually. <laughs> so we would all say that. We would all say, you know, actually, God loves me best. And the Lord would agree. 
because he loves truth. Amen. Ephesians 1, 4 says, he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. He has chosen us. He has chosen us. That means he picked you out. He liked what he saw and he said, I picked that one. And in Matthew 13, 11, it says, it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So we're privy. We're privy. We, we're, we're on the inside track. We're, we're in the chamber with him where the secrets are uttered and the mysteries are unfolded. And uh, there's nothing that he won't tell you. You're not so like, oh, I'm down here in the low end and I'm not important and whatever. So we have to listen to the prophets and all that. Oh, that was so in the Old Testament. But he'll tell you anything. We are all prophets, priests and kings in this hour. And so it's not like we're little us and big them. They may have a platform, the big thems. They may have a, 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 a mantle or a calling on them to do things. But yeah, buddy, we're just as important as anybody. There are no favorites, except that we're all favorites. And he'll tell you anything. The reason we don't see that too much is because sometimes the people that are in a national forum were people behind the scenes that pursued. Did you hear me? It wasn't that they were special. It wasn't that, that God so much called them. He's called all of us. But they pursued. They, put, they took their hands off the plow, as it were, of the daily routine of life, the daily anxieties and stresses of life. And they said, I will step aside and see this glorious thing that the Lord's doing. And the Lord met them. And so that tells us I can do that now. It's not too late. It's not too late. Say it with me. It's not too late. It's not too late. He wants to use you. And I keep prophesying to River Church that we will have the fivefold ministry or whatever that is, whatever that is, we will have people of significance rise up out of this congregation because there is no bigs and littles and and uh, chosen and not chosen and helpers and, and important people. We are all the same in the kingdom. We are sons and daughters. And he sees he doesn't have favorites except that he has all of us. So you need you need to if there's anything in you that says, well, my past is a reflection of my future. It's the preview of my future. You would be wrong. Now, it will be if you don't giddy up. It will be if you don't respond. It will be if you just say, oh, woe is me. I alone am left to hold down the, the, the back parts. You can, you, can, you can rise up any time, any day, any way. You can rise up and lay hold. And, uh, and he, will, he will, what does it say in Joel? He will make up the years of the, the canker worm, the palmer worm, the the gotcha you worm, whatever worm was going on back then, he will make up those years if you haven't disobeyed and put yourself in a place where you cannot recover. But we have it. Hallelujah. And so uh, uh, in verse 19 where it says, uh, uh, no, excuse me, not verse 19, verse 18. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they, they conspired against him to slay him. So I will remind you in your calling, in your dreaming, in your, in your mantle, in your pursuit, in your, in your personal identity of who you are in the Lord, both who he's made you and called you to be and who you'll step in to be, there will be a conspiracy against you to put you out. 
You will not rise without a fight. You will not rise without opposition. You will have an opposition. Anytime you step into faith, and that's what it's going to take to pursue, you will have opposition. And so Joseph dreamed a dream, and then he dreamed another dream, and they conspired, uh, verse 18, uh, they conspired against him to slay him. So he wasn't just like, we're going to slow him down. They were going to put him out. Their own brother, the father's favorite, they were going to slay him. So that tells you how wicked the devil is and how wicked men who will align themselves with the devil, how wicked they can be. Sometimes we see what the devil looks like by looking at the most wicked of men and, and uh, sociopaths and people that have no regard, no emotion. You go, well, that, what's wrong with them? They are full of their father, the devil. And you, you get to see the curtain pulled back sometimes and realize that that, that is nothing against them or in them that would not be levied against you. There is no kind devil. There is no benevolence. There is no graciousness. There is no uh, hindering. There's no hesitation in him. He hates you with all his might and all the hell is raised against every one of us. And he will take you out if you give him place. But we're not giving him any place. And we're going to stand fast in the liberty whereby the Lord Jesus Christ has made us free. And we're not going to be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. We're not going back. We're going forward. We're not going back. And so, but you need to know he's there so that if you hesitate and say, well, it wasn't so bad back then. I'm tired of the fight. I'm tired of the push. Just know he would love to make an example of you. More than just take your life, he would like to make an example of someone that used to follow the Lord and look what happened to them. So uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, would you turn there with me? We don't have long on Wednesday, so we will do the giddy up here. So the persecution that was levied at Joseph, here's the point of reading the whole thing, is that the persecution affirms that seeing and saying brings attraction of heaven and of hell. He was, the, he was the greatest man in the earth at that time. He was the second, uh, was that right? He was the second wealthiest. Joseph was behind Solomon a little bit. Wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. But they conspired to slay him and didn't just go one time and put him in a pit and then sell him off. Then Potiphar got a hold of him and put him in the dungeon, the prison, the, the king's uh, uh, bad boy place and kept him there, they say, anywhere from 10 to 20, possibly 13 years. And he had no hope. He had no communication. He had no, no uh, leg up or friend on the outside. Uh, but uh, seeing and saying before the time draws persecution. Seeing and saying. Seeing what's seen. What's seen in here that can't be seen out here. And then saying it. A lot of people ponder it. Yeah, like, I know stuff that nobody knows. Well, what is it? I'm not saying. Well, then, then you might as well not know it. Right? What's the, what's the use of you knowing if you can't do anything with it? 
So, uh, you know, when they come out with a new movie, they come out with a, a trailer. It's a, it's a, what would you call it? A, a tease or a, a preview. That's it. It's called a trailer in a movie. And your dream that's in you, no matter how dormant, no how much reticent, no matter how obscure it may seem, it is the trailer to your whole life. You have no other life. If you, if you pull off of that life, the life of the dream in you, then you, you, there's no like, uh, what's behind door number two, Bob? There's none of that. It's, it's either you live the dream, the calling, the assignment on your life, you pray out that plan and doors start open. You go into this door and there's a room full of doors. So you wait until that door opens. You open that door and there's another hall and it's got a hall with doors in it. And you just continually walk yourself through the will of God. You don't open one door and there it is. The whole thing's over. This is a life of faith. This is a life of believing God. This is a life of that you can't know it all from the beginning, but you can know enough to get you through the door. And then when you go through that door, there's enough to know to go through the next door. That's how you got here. That's how you got here. That's why you are here with anything you have. You're here because you made steps towards the Lord in obedience. Nobody knows what you did and why you did it. Maybe that you were persecuted. Maybe you were criticized, which is persecution. It doesn't matter. We've all paid a price to be wherever we are because the people that aren't here or aren't walking with the Lord, they paid a price for being human. That's, quite, that's just called the trials of life. In the world, you shall have tribulation. That's not persecution. If you've got bad breath and no one wants to be around you, that's not persecution. That's mouthwash. <laughs> so, so what it took to get you here is not incidental. It's not coincidental. It's absolutely the fruit of you staying on track. The faithful man will abound with blessings. But there's a persecution. You go, well, people might not like you or get along with you or they might not be for you. It's persecution. The hindrances, what does the word say? Uh, uh, the Lord said... Uh, uh, Paul said, I, I would have been to see you, but I was hindered by the devil. So there's, there's things that happen in our life that, that are not incidental, that are not just the things of life. They're planned snares that he put in front of us. And we can avoid those snares by praying out the plan and knowing to go around, knowing to not go there or hesitate or, or whatever we do that the plans of the devil never work out. So it's not just a thing, well, I'm going to pray and ask what the Lord, what I should do. That would be every day, wouldn't it? That would be just to get to the end of the day with everything of yours and your family and all that. That's what we have to do just to get through. But it puts us in front of another door. It puts us in another place where there's opportunities that are not available where you were. So we have to keep moving forward. We have to keep being strengthened by his might in our inner man. We have to, we have to keep stirring ourselves up and encouraging ourselves in the Lord. Because you got to breathe every day. You can't say, I'm going to take off six months and just, just float. I'm tired. You will not be back. Because you got to breathe every day. 
You can't not take a few breaths and say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll make it up later. There's no making up. You've got to breathe every day, every, every day. So uh, Hebrews chapter 11, are you there with me? Verse 1. Let's read it together. I'm in King James. Do the best you can. Ready? Read. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now I want to bring you that what's not a new revelation. There's not any new revelation, but, but the dust blown off of it and that we might could take another step because we've all been, I've certainly been in a, in a mode where to, to grow your faith, to go somewhere with your faith, you confess. Get you, get you the scriptures and you confess, and rightly so. Yes, it is. But we've never known the limit to it. We've never known when we arrived. When's enough confession to believe you receive when you pray or not doubt in your heart? Well, we've never known. What, what was the, the finish line, as it were, with our faith so we just kept confessing. Is that, is that right? Am I, is, that's the way I've taught it. That's the way, that's all, that's all the light I had. But I believe the Lord showed me something for us to go into 23 with, which you may know. I hope you do. I hope you know this and you're all like, well, where has he been? Well, maybe I should have been somewhere else. But I looked up this, this verse and you know how Curry says, read every word. And read it slow. Because when you go through it, you think, I know everything in that. You do, right there, you know you didn't. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I looked up that word. Let's see if I'm there yet. Uh, I've looked up that word seen in the, in the Greek, the evidence of things not seen. And that's not the, that's not the translation of that Greek word. I mean, it's close, and it, it has some words that are like that, but that's not really the word for it. Uh, faith is the substance, so it's something. The word substance means the foundation or the beginning, so it's something. Faith is a substance. A train is something, a book is something, your, your, your feet are something, but, and so faith is something, but it the word substance doesn't have a word that says it's a particular thing. So I'm, I'm going to get this out. I really am. Uh, the word seen. Get this right. A dream is seen, but you can't look at it. Is that right? You can't go back and look at your dream. But, but you saw it. And Joseph dreamed a dream. He saw it, but he couldn't go back and say, well, let me, let me rewind that and see how many rocks were on my left and how many rocks were on my right when, I was, when the sheaves were bowing down or whatever. It's, you can, it's seen, but it's not looked at. And so the evidence of faith is what is seen by the eyes of faith. But you can't look at it. So if we, we got this out here, we could say, okay, I'm looking at that. That's a different word or a different meaning than I saw that. In your dream or in your vision or in your, 
your, your, uh, your mystery unfolding time. I told you when I was a farmer, I used to go out in the field and I, when cotton's this high, you go out and walk in the field and you drop down below the top of it, nobody can see you unless it's a drone and they're very lost because I was six miles from town. And I would just sit there and dream. We call it uh, uh, soaking now. That's what churches do. They, we used to soak. Uh, where you just stop your life and you turn off the looking to see what you can see. You're looking with these eyes. You're looking at what is to look at, but you can't look at a dream. You have, you, you, you've seen it, but you've not looked at it. I, it seems like I'm not making that come out. The evidence of faith is what is seen. So we, we soak or we stop or you just, maybe that's why you go on vacation. You get at the beach and it's the first time that you know, nobody's calling, nobody's writing, nobody's saying, did you defrost the refrigerator or anything like that? It's, and the main purpose for that should be, I mean, what else is it? except that you will see something that you can't look at. So you would look in. You would look in to see what there is to see, even though you really aren't looking at it. Looking at it's here. But what's seen is in here. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what you're looking at isn't the end of it. Well, it looks like we're, you know, they're going to lay off some folks or it looks like COVID's going around. I've heard that so many times this last week or two. Uh, the, you know, just the flu, the COVID, the whatever, the whatever. That's what people are looking at. But that's not what I'm seeing. I know this is picky, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's what the Greek says even though the word there is translated seen. So a dream is seen, but not looked at. What have you seen that you can't look at? That you can't say, hey, come over here. I want to show you this. Look, look, look at that. Well, what you've seen inside, you can't point to it and say, look at that. You saw it, you've seen it, but you can't look at it and nobody else can either. So an image, the image that you have seen is the limit. Listen, this is going to be powerful. We're going to work on it again Sunday. But the image that you see of anything, especially yourself, the image that you've seen is the limit, the jurisdiction, the capacity of your life. You may look and say, I can do that. I can be that. I can have that. You may look out there and aspire with your head because your eyes are looking and saying, ah, I'm going to get me one of those houses or that car. Or I'm going I'm to go get this whatever. But you can't go. It never works and it doesn't work without a lot of pain. You can't go past what you've seen inside. Behold, the dreamer cometh. So Joseph saw it, didn't he? He, he? 
He had seen it inside. He saw the moon and the stars. He saw the other chiefs. He saw it, even though when he told it, no one could look and see it. So the image that you carry of yourself, this, this, is, this is the message. So we'll just, we'll put this one right in the middle. The, the, the image you carry of yourself at any point is the total of your life. You, you may want to take that 1996 Yugo, you may want to run it 125 miles an hour, but baby, it's only going 48, if y'all remember that one. It's, it, it doesn't matter what you want to do, it's, and that is what we've looked at, is saying, I want to go there and be that and do that, but when we don't have it on the inside, like the engine in a small car, you can't do it. You won't do it. No matter how much your head says, we can do it, we can do it, we can do it. I'll borrow this and we'll go there and we'll change this and we'll adjust this and we will do it based on looking. But you cannot exceed what you see. The who you are on the inside is the limit, the quantum, the capacity the end of who you are. So, there's a divergence, there's a contradiction between what I'm looking at and what I'm able to see. They're not always the same. Don't we get inspired by people that says, oh yeah, I did this and I did that. You could do it too. Well, based on the human form and education and personal strength, you look like you could. But, but what we don't measure and what we can't measure is what's inside somebody else. Son, when you get, you know, all of this will be yours when, I, when you grow up and, and you'll take it further and faster. Sons never do. Because it's not inside. Daddy had to fight for every dollar and him and mama had to scrape and borrow and, and, and crank it up and put that business together and that corporation and that big beautiful thing. And the son just gets it plopped in his lap. And so it's all there to look at, but he doesn't see it on the inside because it has to be built incrementally. It has to be built line upon line, here a little, there a little, precept upon precept. That's how it's built. That's why we can't just sit in a room of faith teaching and just say, okay, I heard it. I got it. Here I go. I'm going to move the mountain. No. It comes in little by little and it filters through and we catch things mentally, but it takes a while to process things down here. And then unbelief or poverty or a propensity to sickness or weakness it doesn't go out just like, well, sickness is of the devil. It's the curse. I'll just, I'll just cast it down and I'll be free. You can look at that and say, I saw it or I, I looked at it, but you can only have what you're willing to see inside. It's so simple, but yet it's so powerful. And so an adjustment is required. Family, I'm here to suggest a, an adjustment of how we go to the next level. Because we know that faith is not hard. 
anybody, little kids, if we want anybody healed or set free, we'll say, well, we're just all adults in here, but if you'll lead them down to the children's church, they'll lay hands on you and you'll be a new man. Because they don't have all the things. They, they, they see it on the inside. Like, why wouldn't I lay hands on daddy and him recover? And that sort of thing. So we have a lot of baggage that we've had to carry through religion and mostly through works. We've been in a, in a climate or an environment of works and we just don't want to let those works go. We just want to be measured by them. We want to feel good when we've done good and we, we, we want to uh, do better when we've done bad. And it's just not how it works. By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's like, yeah, but. No, there's no yeah, but. That's it. That is the program. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Anyway, anyway. The image you carry of yourself is the total of your life. Could I have a better amen? Y'all just, just give me enough there so I can go on. So, uh, there's two sides to life. There's two sides to the kingdom. You've heard this, but we'll just go through it a little bit tonight. There's the legal side, and then there's the vital side. The legal side is what the Word says about you. It's a jurisdiction. It establishes parameters, borders, boundaries, uh, uh, capacities and abilities, it establishes where you can go. In other words, can you cast the devil out? Well, we need to know. Not can you cast it out, but can we cast it out? Can, is it our right to cast the devil out? Is it our right to prosper? Well, religion has said for many years, it, it is not. You can do it, but you'll have to connive and steal and maneuver and 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 do bad things. And if you come up rich in the church, we know you've done bad things. And healing, you know, that's just, that's up to the Lord. Well, then we find out from the word that the boundaries that we have, the, the legal is by his stripes, ye all were healed. And he became poor that you through his poverty might all be made rich. And so that's the legal that's the word's parameters. That's the word's bound, the borders. But you know that someone that just got born again, or maybe someone that's been born again for 50 years sometimes, they can't access all the limits of the legal. So we would say their particular place in the kingdom is what we would call the vital or the living part. In other words, it'd be their, it'd be their spiritual growth. Their spiritual growth. In other words, we've all grown more this year than we did from, from last year. So even though the word is not changed, the legal is not changed, we should be able to accomplish and do and perform more now than we did at least five years ago. Even though it never changed, it, God said, go, boy, giddy up, let's get it. And we go, eh, down in here, it's not too big. Out here, it looks big, but in here, I'm little. And you know, God's in control. And so we don't. So we have the legal and the vital. So tonight, I want to talk about the legal. 
What does the word say that he not only allows you to do, but who has empowered you to do and has even commanded you to do? That'd be different. Okay, here's one. This is a legal tenet in the kingdom. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe with your heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. Now that is the legal definition of the new birth. Now, it's always been there. It'll always be there. But do y'all know some people that say they love God or they love, they know God or whatever, but they never satisfied the legal definition. Well, I believe, you know, the Lord's merciful and there's lots of ways to get there. And, and you don't actually have to say that's legalism if you have to say he's Lord and all that stuff that they do. But the legal side of it is you could get born again. Here's another one. Able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Now, that's your limit right there. You cannot go past <laughs> exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Don't try to go further than that. <laughs> it's an infinity. It's a, it's a, it's it never, there's no measurement of exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. But that is the legal side of God. He said, we got to have limits here. And it's not, you cannot go past what you can ask or think except exceeding abundantly above. All right, what's another one? Okay, here's a legal side of God. All sufficiency in all things, abounding to every good work. Don't go past that. Okay. Might be made rich. He was poor that we might be made rich. How rich? Pretty stinking, sopping, snotty rich. I mean, you, 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 you go look in the Greek and, and tell the Lord, all I have to go by is what you put in the word. And so I'm looking at the English. I'm looking at the Greek. I'm looking at it. And, and you, the word you had the boys put down was money. Stuff. Oh, God, we don't want it. We, we want it to be spiritual. Nope, that's what he said. That's the legal side. Uh, as he is, so are we in this world. Don't try to go past that. Don't go past Jesus. You, you can only be as he is. <laughs> How shall he not with him freely also freely give us all things? Don't go past that. That's the limit. That's we got to have boundaries here. So don't go past that. He would freely give you all things. You see this? You see what the word says? The legal side is that actually there are no boundaries. Now, you, you there are there are blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's the limit. Slow. Go slow. Raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Don't try to get higher than that. 
Oh my. Greater is he that is in thee, you, thee, than he that is in the world. Greater. Well, where are you if you're not in the world? Well, I'm in the world. Well, greater is he that's in you than everything, everybody in all of it that's in the world. Don't go past that. Himself bear our own sins in his own body in the tree, on the tree, that we having died to sin should live under righteousness by his stripes. Ye were healed. All, who was healed and how much healed? All of us all the way. Uh, became poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. Did that one. Always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. That's the legal limit. Are y'all getting this? I'm so excited about it. I'm just, I'm just flippy flopping inside. I'm just so excited. And, and I, I've been working on this. I mean, just, just getting it in me. Who, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That is the legal tender of the kingdom. If you can sow it, you can reap it. Well, how much? A hundredfold. What's a hundredfold? The maximum potential on whatever you're sowing. Uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That is the legal limit. If you got a mouth, you can have a life. Okay, so there's the legal. I just picked out the main ones or some of them, whatever, and I, I got a giddy up here. Uh, so we look at great men and women in the, in the word, and sometimes we're, we're persuaded or induced to believe that they had opportunities that we wouldn't have, that they were special, and God's telling us special stories about special people, and that we can be inspired by their specialness. But actually, that's not at all it. He put an image before them, each one of them, every one of them. He, he came before Gideon. The angel said, uh, Hail thou mighty man of valor. He said, What's up? We're, I'm dirt. I'm the dirt in my father's dirt barn, and, and, and he cleans out the dirt, and I, my family's the dirt, and we're the dirt, and we're all the dirt. And the angel said, God's got a new image for you. Hail thy mighty man of valor. And Gideon bought it. And he raised up an army according to, and he started hearing God's voice. And God said, do this and go tell them that and call out these and go up the hill. And, and he bought into the image inside. It wasn't just that God had a special assignment and he, he kind of like one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine. And he didn't just count us out and say, we're just going to make it. Everybody has that potential. I just read you the legal side. You, you think you're poor, pitiful you? Well, exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. That's everybody. That's not a special few. That's, not, that's just not Peter or, or Paul. or That's all of us. Greater is he that is in you. Well, I thought just Paul had that, and that's how come he did so good. Yeah, he banked it. He believed it, and he started seeing it inside. And Paul didn't put up with nothing from nobody. He was sweet as he could be as he was blowing you away. Amen? 
So he saw who he was in there. He said, I, I'm the least of all, but I'm also the apostle of all. So it seems complicated, but when you realize he saw from the inside instead of looking to the outside. Looking didn't matter to him. Who are you? What's this trouble? Uh, uh, Jerusalem, they're going to bind you or Macedonia or whatever. He didn't look at the outside because he was seeing what's on the inside. Family, I'm telling you, this is how it's going to work. And we are going to confess the word by his stripes I was healed. But we're doing it to the intent of I am seeing me on the inside healed, whole and healthy. I'm seeing that. And until I see that, everything is arbitrary. Everything is conditional. Everything is mm, maybe it will come over here and use your faith on me because I see myself. Maybe it will happen and maybe it won't. Maybe I'll get my bills paid. Maybe the tornado will go around. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So we have to keep saying the truth about us without regard to being a, not being a Paul or a Peter or a Deborah or a. I'm in him. I'm in him. And so whatever he has for me, whether it's to write two thirds of the New Testament or whether it's to, to go up the hill and, and whoop on the Midianites, whatever, he will be pleased with me in my assignment because I will see me doing my assignment. Now, other men may look and say that wasn't much assignment. Uh, you know, my, one of my favorite verses is uh, Joab. David said, whoever goes up first and smites the Jebusites shall be chief and captain. And Joab went up first and became chief and captain. <sighs> I just love that because it speaks to us. How, how, how did he do that? He saw himself way before that command came out. And so it was easy to, to instantly connect with who he was inside. So out of the ditch or the pot or the manhole or the pit, whatever those things were that they were in, he was up and in and he whooped on those Jebusites and he became commander in chief. That's who you got to be. You can't you can't go in your closet and start confessing. Peace be still. Peace be uh, storms. Ha I have authority over you and then go out and, and you got to be ready. I mean, this thing is covering states. This thing is, is, is so destructive that you're in your path. You, are, you have none, little to none chance of surviving. Your whole life is going to be gone if you don't know who you are in that moment. You can't just say, well, I, I, we were busy last week and I just didn't have time to study up and confess up and believe up. So I've got this. I'm looking at the storm that James Spann says is out there. You don't have a chance. You better you better get in a low place in the interior and you better do what they say. But we didn't do what they said yesterday and neither did you. Are you getting me? Based on what we saw inside. So what does confession do? Confession is no more than building the image of what you see. And so if you, you go, well, I confess that scripture 23 times yesterday. Doesn't mean a thing. It's like I went to church 52 times last year. Doesn't mean a thing. It's what did you do when you were there? What happened? What was the transaction? So here's some vitals. We have some legals. Now we're going to have some vitals. Something that you go, this is me. This is me doing the legal. 
I am pressing my life up to the limit, the jurisdiction, the ca capacity of the legal. I am going to max out the promises. You can be healed or you can be better or you can be just like anybody else. So one of them I wrote down is calleth those things that be not as though they were. That's vital. That's that's me. That's personal. That's you. That's personal. Here's the here's the promise, which is a wide open door. And here's you and me. Buffeting. Do I want to call things that be not as if as though they were or not? All of the legal will go untasted, untested, unused. That I don't enter in with the vital full capacity. It'll take care of everything, but I have to be able to use it. Another one I wrote down is does not doubt in his heart, but believeth those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So death and life is in the power of the tongue. The door is wide open. He says, Anything you want. I've put no limits on the human man, the, the person. I put no limits. It's exceeding abundantly above. It's, it's all sufficiency in all things. It's call things that be not as though they were. They're, they're endless. They're, they're, it's the infinity. You can't get there. He puts no limits on us. So what's the limit? It's what I can see inside walking in his limits. It's me possessing the land. So if I don't want to confess the scriptures, I don't want to. Then all you can see is what's seen. That's all you can see. Well, I just don't see it. That's right. Uh, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Remember that one in Ephesians? Here's one. Uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Here it is. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. He said, you can pull them all down. I've given you power. I've given you ability. I've given you capacity. I've empowered you and wired you. You can take care of everything that this world has. Everything. No limits. No, no, no. That's where that's where the big angels go. You, you're not the big angel. You're just a little boy. You got to stay back here. I'll, nope. We actually are ruling over the angels. Oh, my word. <laughs> There's nothing held back. Nothing held back. Am I right? Am I right? Nothing held back. So why? Why are we not having more of what's not held back? It's because it's got to be by who we see in here. Uh, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. So here's what we got to do. Resist the devil and he will flee. So here's what we got to do. We, I didn't leave as much time, but I never do. <laughs> submit yourself, therefore, to God. Ah. Uh, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. So I'm going to have to slow my life down and turn off my lookers. I'm going to have to turn off my lookers and turn off my hearers. 
Because all of that stuff is in the temporal realm. All of that stuff is in the vital realm. But I got to get inside me. We're not talking about meditation here. We're not talking about some yoga mess or some, some junk like that. We're not. We're just talking about slowing down. It come, this is what comes back to it. Do what only you can do so that you can do all that he's called you and assigned you to do. If you're doing everything that can be done, then you're too busy to stop and feed this and build this and, and get a grip on this. If you're doing everything that you could do, I'm a busy boy. What you doing? Oh, we're real busy. That's not a good word. Everybody's busy, even if they're resting from being busy. So we've got to submit ourselves to God. So we've got to stop and say, am I really submitted to God? Holy Ghost will show you. He'll show you. You don't, you don't always do what I say. You don't always do what I say when I say it. You go, oh. But we can confess our sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness like we never sinned. So we get right. We get right inside. I submit myself to you, God. We start confessing. I submit myself. In every area that I have not submitted, I will realign and I will submit. So you work on that. Then you go, resist the devil and he will flee. So how do you see yourself on the inside? Do you see yourself talking to the devil in a conversational tone one time and being done? Or are you just going there and just start hammering him? I bind you, I take you, I cast you into this, and I throw you there, and I take authority over you. And I'm just like, nope. Satan, I take authority over you. Loose this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now that is someone that sees themselves inside having authority. And that their words are absolutely meaningful. I'm done. Go out to the storm and say, I command you to cease in your maneuvers against Tuscaloosa, Northport, Brookwood, Jemison, uh, Columbus. This, this is what I did yesterday. And I tell you to quit it now. I take authority over straight line winds, circular winds, hail storms, and all destructive forces in Jesus' name be done. Amen. And I came in. Curry Blake says, the less you say, the more you have. And the more you say, the less you have. So that's talking about what, what you believe in here. You know, parents, let's just pick on parents for a second. If I have to tell you one more time. <laughs> wait for it, wait for it. Click, 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 click. Johnny, I told you and I'm going to tell you again. Yeah, it just, it, their words mean nothing. Their words mean nothing. They don't believe their own words. Therefore, nobody else does. So you've got to get to the place inside where you say, I resist the devil and he flees. So you've got to work on that. So you've got to go find you some scriptures that, that talk about uh, peace be still. Uh, he, he spoke to the storm or just authority over devils. Come out of him. You've got to go find those. Come out of him. And the devil came out. Jesus is our model. 
Don't think, well, that was Jesus. You will be in the wrong place spiritually. You will see yourself always making an excuse, always coming behind, always struggling, always pounding at the door, but you can't get in. But you just said, as he is, so am I. That's a real important one to get into you, as he is. So you just meditate. Does it take time? Yes, it does. You can't do it all in one setting because you can't get it all out in one setting. You can't get it all in in one setting. So we go to church, so we open our words, so we confess the word, so we, we, we ask Holy Spirit, Lord, what, it, what am I really? I see, I'm looking at me this way. Pretty good. Not bad. How do you see me? He'd go, well, we're just going by what you're getting done. The Lord will say, we're just going by what you get done. Oh. I am what I do. I am what I have. So we change. We'll talk about it again. But it'll change your life. It's changing mine. I'm telling you, it's changing mine already. I've already been to the woodshed, so to speak. Self-imposed. I'm checking into the woodshed, Lord. <laughs> Private first class, Michael. I'm here for you to tell me what I don't know, what I've looked at but not seen. And uh, it's interesting, but uh, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Are you coming out a new man, a changed man, a changed woman? Of course you are. Because you can't lose with the stuff we use. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you right now for we that have ears to hear, we have heard. And might not know everything there is about it right now, but we know enough to start. And so I start. Let's just say it all. If, if that's you, I start. I start. I start looking at the end of this instead of the process of I went to church and I opened my Bible and I said a few things. Lord, we're going to change who we see on the inside so that we can observe what's happening on the outside. In Jesus name, we expect and we ask you, we ask you and expect you to help us because we need help. Lord, I thank you right now for helping River Church go to the next level and go into rooms that we've never dreamed were there and opening doors we never knew could be opened. In Jesus name, amen, amen. Now the Lord wants you and I to be healers. So it's not just like by his stripes you were healed. I got to know that. You got to know who you got power over in the devil. You got to know, uh, you got to know a lot of stuff. In other words, you got to know the whole package. It's not just healing. It's the whole kingdom, isn't it? You got to prosper. You can, I said this the other day, you cannot get debt free until you prosper in your soul. Because that's just a goal. That's just something that you count money and you pay it and you get more and you pay it and everything. That has nothing to do with the kingdom. You have to prosper. And in your prosperity, you'll be debt free. So get off of that being debt free business. Get on to that exceeding abundantly above all I can ask, think, or imagine. And then that other will that other follow. Amen.